Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome back. Rare Talks, you already know what it is. Like, comment and subscribe. If you haven't already, make sure you go over to the Spotify and check out the exclusive episodes. And this week, I've got a special guest to come through. We're going to have a, an amazing conversation. Introduce yourself to the people, please. Hi, I'm Shafak from the Shafak Effect, as you know from TikTok, LinkedIn as well, as well as my own YouTube channel, like Shafak. So I'm happy to be here. Um, we've connected on TikTok and um, I'm happy to be Rare Talks guest now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So today um, we're going to be discussing the issue of colorism and does it still exist and what is it that makes people want to stay in this little bubble of colorism, basically. That's what we're talking about today. So um, first off, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Of course. Um, my name is Chef Fak. I'm a mind coach, life coach, and also a graduate psychologist. I work with um, brain injury clients as well uh, in their neurorehabilitation and um, I also um, have different jobs. My background comes from the German Foreign Service. I'm a former German diplomat, as you know, as many of my viewers um, as well know. I didn't know that. Uh, yes, yes, I am. For uh, Germany? Yes. A German diplomat? I've, I've grown up in Germany. Oh, you, grew up, you speak German? I do. No I way. speak German, Urdu, Hindi, Punjabi. Um, I spoke French and Latin as well, and... Which died out, unfortunately, because of lack of practice. Mm. But um, yes, no, I come from a very different background in that way. But I found myself in the mental health sector from the last 10 years now, uh, working with various clients from all over the place, from the justice sector to social services to psychiatric units to counselling, um, which then brought me into um, psychology, the field of academic psychology, because one of the consultants said to me, when I come into the room and I mediate between the client and um, mm. the consultant, they feel like I'm their extended arm, which mm. is a very nice Yeah, it's a nice way to feel, it's a nice way to feel, yeah. So I started um, studying psychology and then went into this field now full time. Um, found myself working with brain injury clients, which is a very, very different kind of field because the brain itself just fascinates me, how the behavior is, how the brain mm. works. 
And how your thought processes? Do you think there is a one-way track way of how to think, though, or do you think that a psychology book can capture ways that people think, but there's no way of actually understanding a human being in general? There are ways of understanding a human being, and I'll tell you why. Because the, you have to measure things from the norm. The norm is something how we are actually made to, how we're actually constructed to, to act, to behave. And that is not something which has just been conditioned. These are innate qualities. So the innate qualities are very similar wherever you come from, mm. all over the globe. Like, give me an example. Like, give me an example of that. Innate would be starting to talk, um, wanting to help somebody. Mm -hmm. That is something with which are innate qualities from children mm -hmm. who do want to do these things. Everything else which we learn over over the years, these are conditioned things. Okay. But to love, to help someone, mm -hmm. altruism, to be happy if, if, if we talk to others, engage with someone, social contacts, um, all these things are innate qualities. Wanting okay. to eat, for instance, eat, yeah. drink. So, yeah, 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 I understand, I understand. So, um, so you said that you started off in, so you've been in the mental health industry for 10 years. What kind of things have you seen in the mental health industry? Everything. I mean, I can go. <laughs> there is nothing which can surprise me. I've also been in, been in uh, theatres, mm. in hospitals. Mm. So I have literally seen, heard, felt everything, what you can think of. So from criminal psychology to um, uh, ch child psychology to um, uh, people with personality disorders, mm. to general counselling, social services. Mm. I've seen victims of crime. I've seen um, perpetrators. Mm. There is literally nothing which I haven't seen. I feel like, but well, I feel like a lot of people that go through um, psychology, that go into psychology, is because something psychological happened to them. That's what I've kind of realised whenever I speak to people that do psychology, when I get deeper into their life, I'm like, okay. So the real reason why you got into psychology was because you really wanted to understand the mind because of stuff that was going on inside your mind and stuff that was going on inside your life. I think that's something that um, I've always realised with people that get into psychology. I agree with that. I agree. You can't speak for everybody because I have seen consultants who are maybe academically very, very good, but you can see they do not have any kind of life experiences. Mm. So they talk out of a book excellently, mm. but they cannot connect to that person. And um, But other than that, you, you are right. A lot of people who do go into this field have, have experienced in some form of way some, some trauma in their life. Mm. So wherever it's huge trauma, wherever it's um, less trauma, but there is some ways. I have suffered with a lot of trauma in my own life mm. throughout the years which then made me to that point where I wanted to understand that in a way, what is going on with me. So I was going and doing a lot of things actively according to psychology, to psychological practice anyway, but without actually the academic understanding of what it actually meant. And um, to pursue the career of psychology has actually made me understand, has actually tried to um, actually given me terms to put on why I'm doing certain things. Do you well, think that, do you think people are um, using terminology, psychological terminologies in incorrect formats? It depends how you put it. You mean in the British way? 
Only in the British way, because we're in Britain. <laughs> only in Britain, because we're only in Britain. I can't speak on anywhere else in the world, but I'm just saying, in, in general, do you think people label people with titles that they don't properly understand? You know what is important? If we go back to humanity, whether we are Muslims, we're Christians, we, we don't, we believe in the spiritual being, whatever we mm-hmm. believe, there is always common thing about that, that we need to belong. That is just humanity. We can we can make up whatever we want to do, but we are social beings. We need to belong, mm-hmm. which is why we're always looking for something to identify us. We need this identity. This is our urge to be, to be someone, to mm-hmm. be, to know who we are, mm-hmm. and that is where these terms come from because they are not there to label you in a certain way that you can't be left or you can't be right. Mm-hmm. They're just there to give you a guidance of. Mm-hmm what is happening with you mm. and then you can work from there because mm. um i find it that a lot of people name certain people things without actually properly understanding and i feel that a lot of kids from young are socially conditioned to believe things that are not actually true for instance a kid might have a lot of energy what that generally means to to somebody who has a great mind is that child to be great at this sport or that sport because he has a lot of energy but they'll label the child of adhd and make the family seem like their child has a problem when in hindsight the child is just an amazingly very energetic meaning that he's got a very good diet really if we're really going to get into it a little bit deeper that the child's diet is on point because a child that has a lot of energy means his diet is good doesn't mean that there's something wrong with him so why is it now that they've labeled it as a sort of like a, a mental condition that the child has more energy or something more than normal people or that he can't concentrate maybe and I generally believe this, that not every child is academically meant to be great at things, but maybe at something else, they're meant to be great at something else. I'll give you an example without using this example. It's the worst example I could give, but I'm going to give it anyway. <coughs> R. Kelly was a musical genius, yeah, but he couldn't read or write. He, he was literally silly at school. So when, I, when you hear him writing these songs and making this music, like, how did he do this? But he mentally wasn't all there. Does it make sense? From what some people would say, they would say he's autistic to a certain extent. But in his mind, that never held him back from actually achieving great things on the planet. And I think that happens a lot with, um, you give people too much titles, then that child grows up believing a certain stigma inside of their head. I'm ADHD, that's why I can be like this. Or I've got mental health, that's why I can act like this. Or do you, do you see what I'm saying? So I feel like sometimes we, we put too much labels on people which I don't think they're deserving of. I agree with that. I agree with that. I think it's it's become too easy to identify or to condition someone in this way um, because it's, you don't have to put any work in. There are certain mm. things which have been already labelled. There are certain things which have been already given to this term and uh, that person doesn't need need to do any more work because mm. all these different type of yes. um, you know attitudes, they just fit into that. But where we have to understand is, I mean, in my line of work, because I speak so various languages, mm. I've learned the differences. And the reason why I've learned the difference is I've grown up in an Urdu household, mm. which comes mainly from Pakistan. And my, my mixture, background mixture, is Indian, Pakistani, Kashmiri and Persian. So quite, quite a huge mixture. But at the same time, I've grown up in an Urdu household where I've also grown up in Germany. So my native language is also German. But by these things, I started from a very early age to understand people's behavior from different cultures. 
So in the same way how you would express yourself from a person who comes maybe from South Africa mm. and a person who would be from Alaska, mm. um, there would be differences there. They could express exactly the same, mm. but the execution would be very different. Very different, yeah. So that's where I have to understand that that's what I discovered throughout my work in the mental health sector, mm. that I was capable of doing so. So various behaviours where other people would think that this is abnormal behaviour. Why is this person acting like this? Because mm. it doesn't add up to the norm. Mm. I then dig deep, and because of my understanding of a language, and because... With the language, what you have to understand, you don't actually just learn the language, you understand the culture, you understand the background, you understand the roots, you have understand the behavioral differences, you understand the, 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 the different understanding, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's what I can look through to people and um, then analyze. And I had quite a few cases where I had to really correct people and say, no, this could be linked to their cultural roots. Mm. to their cultural differences because this doesn't look abnormal to me mm. if you go back to, to their yeah, country yeah yeah and that is where we need to broaden our horizon at the moment a lot of things which have been developed you have to understand have been developed from the uh, psychological society in america mm. about 80 90 years ago they did not exist in that form before that. So once they have been um, created by a certain society, they actually then match up to that society. Mm. Now we have to broaden our horizon and go a bit further to that, include different socio-economical differences, cultural differences, and understand why people are behaving in a different right. way without being abnormal. Mm. Makes sense. So that brings us on to the, the question of colorism. Um, what would you define colorism as? Because everybody that I've asked about this, they've always had a different explanation of what they define as colorism. What would you define colorism as? I can only say what I can see in society with colorism. Mm. Colorism itself has been created, in my opinion, mm. what I've seen in my research as well, yeah. uh, with um, uh, societal dividends. So how we can divide different groups to make one inferior or superior over the other one. Okay, okay. There's no other reason. If you go back to the roots, 500 years ago, prior to British colonialism, mm. colorism didn't exist. The only thing which existed is tribal differences. Mm. So one tribe wins over the other one, Facts. and they are enslaved. Facts. That's all what it was, nothing else. No, in no form of way, and we have books from thousands of years which we can read, colour has ever, ever been mentioned. The reason why skin colour, different skin tones exist, we have to understand one thing. We are first of all genetically, scientifically, one human race. There are no different races. It just doesn't exist. Different races within human beings are inventions by human beings. Okay. We all have two arms. We all have one brain. We all have two eyes. We all have a nose. We all breathe the same. We all have blood running through our veins. We all have the same kind of structure, body's biological structure, to 99%. 99% we are genetically the same. If we would be different human races, we would be going back into comparison to Star Trek, Star Wars, where everybody <laughs> looks different. 
Yeah, yeah, facts. facts you facts. have to look at common sense. Mm-mm. Common sense where it comes from. The only difference which we have is the 1% genetic which is different in human beings is where their geographical differences come from, where their heritage comes from. So would you say that there's no difference in people that are melanated or people that are not melanated? Because melanin does play a, diff- a big part of someone's... Um, where they actually geographically come from. Because if you look at some parts of the world, it's above the tropical equator, and to live there, your skin colour might be a little bit more darker because to live there, you you to survive there long term, your skin has to adjust to that sun rays that are coming on. That is exactly where I'm pointing to, the 1%. Okay. That is what the 1% makes okay. Okay. different. But that's got nothing to do with race. Mm. That's got to do with the geographical differences where we originate from. So nowadays we can travel around, we can save ourselves because we have buildings, we have air conditioning, we have aeroplanes, all these kind of different environmental uh, facilities. But um, they didn't exist at that time, which is why we look different. You know, someone like yourself, for instance, about a thousand years ago, if you were to live in Alaska, for instance, you would be spotted from far from the grizzly bears, from all these animals. So it wouldn't help you. Uh, The other way around, if someone of very low melanated um, um, pigmentation would live in the deepest of Africa, they would be spotted from far, from the lions, from the tigers, and uh, they wouldn't be able to survive. So it's all a survival mode which we have at the moment, which has been given us by nature, by God, by Allah, whoever you want to believe in. But it has been given us for a reason, because if you go to the uh, animal race, which is a different race to human race, they had to adapt as well to their environment. You know, a lion cannot survive in Norway, for instance, in normal conditions. It can't because its body is not made like this. Its um, structure is not made like this. So in in order to understand these um, differences of this 1% genetical differences, we need to understand why they have been created. They have been created for a purpose. Otherwise, uh, we would be living in the same place. We yeah. wouldn't be able to, you know, populate and um, travel in other places. So colorism, in real terms, doesn't exist. It's an invention by human beings. So why is it now that you have some cultures that take colorism as a serious thing? Like for me, I come from Jamaica, so colorism for me is that someone to be my skin color, but they want to bleach their skin to look lighter. Like to us, and they'll think by being lighter that they're getting more girls, they're getting more opportunities, everybody like them more, and they're happy with themselves. So where is it, Where is the, the idea of colorism pushed into people's cultures now? Let's say for argument's sake, now we've got tribes and now we've got people's cultures. How did that simultaneously um, come in together? Where do you think that came from? That is from conditioning, human conditioning. Mm. Human beings, our brain is very easy to be conditioned unless we start understanding ourselves and we start Mm. understanding common sense, what is exactly going on. Mm. Um, If you look at all these big dictators in the world, you know, from from, uh, Cuba to um, Germany to wherever you want to go to, you will always see human conditioning. You will always see finding a reason against another tribe, against another group of people uh, to to bring them together, to make them follow you. So 
500 years ago, approximately 500 years ago, East India Company came along. So for people who don't know what East India Company is, it's formed from the British colonialism to go and explore other areas in the world and then uh, to create economical wealth for them. And mm -hmm. in order to do that, mm -hmm. they needed to have laborers, they needed to have people, they needed to have the resources, which did not exist in Great Britain at all at that time. So they had to bring out their people to find these resources. And to find resources, obviously no one else is going to give you resources for free. They had to create a strategy, how we're going to actually take that over. And because of people who were natives in various countries, they did not have that knowledge of Someone could deceive us. Someone may e even take over yeah, yeah, our yeah, property. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they did friend with these people and they did then became familiar. And that is when the war started happening. That is when all these strategies were created. Uh, the Bible, for instance, as you may know, was, was created in a way within slavery to make people believe that... Uh, black people are inferior to um, a white people. Jesus has been created and I know that's been that will be critically <laughs> that will be critically that will be actually the um, Bible Jesus yeah, you mean the Bible absolutely. Jesus not Esau not Esau. No, we're talking about what has been created in people's perspective that certain um, people of or position of people have hold a certain colour. Mm. just to match their comfort itself. We don't know how Esau or Jesus, uh, Islam, um, looked like. We don't know because he lived 2,000 years ago. But if we go back to geographical differences, we know how people from the Middle Eastern look like. We mm. do know that. You know, they, they do not look what has been perceived or portrayed by society nowadays. So that's all I can say about that. But um, that is how this conditioning came about. So if you start conditioning people over and over time, that this group of people or this um, person who looks different to us mm -hmm. is inferior, mm -hmm. and you just create reasons for that, yeah. then automatically over generations, people start believing these things. That's Facts. how conditioning works. Facts. And you know, um, conditioning of the mind is a long-term thing it's never a short-term thing you can't i can't meet you today condition your mind in one conversation i can have an effect on you i can make you reflect but i can't condition you conditioning is a time period like for instance if you condition your child to believe that they're going to be great then your child it takes years for you to put that and instill that inside of your child it's it's not just years it's about the tactic how you do that mm. so in psychology we say we combine a certain atti attribute or a certain behavior mm. to a certain action okay so if you uh, combine that action to a certain behavior over mm. and over again our brain memorizes these things. That's how conditioning works. No way. Automatically. So the same way how a lot of people nowadays have brought up coming away from color, just talking about beauty, for instance, in social media. Mm -hmm. 
people start believing, oh, beauty has to look a certain way. We have to have mm. a certain way about us. We need to do certain things. That is all about conditioning. But at the same time, if we wanted to go back to the roots and recondition ourselves, we can also do that in the same way. I have an approach which I do with my clients as well. Uh, which you practice every day, every morning, in looking into the mirror when you go to the bathroom and tell yourself with eye contact that you're beautiful, you look stunning today, all these kind of lovely, positive things. Mm -hmm. After 30 days, you will start believing that. I believe that whatever you tell yourself a lot of, then it becomes your reality. That's right. Um, the law of attraction and uh, the mindset and changing your paradigm. I believe in that, that wholeheartedly, uh, with all my heart. I believe that whatever you tell yourself enough, you will become. Does it make sense? That's so right. If you tell yourself you want to be a scholar of Islam, and every day you wake up, you take steps towards that, then you will act in accordance with that. That's right. If you tell yourself you're a drill artist and you want to drill ops, even if it's not true, it will become your reality. And that's why I tell some of these young boys and girls out there as well, like, be careful what you push out in the atmosphere on yourself. Just be careful of it in general because what you say will come to pass. It's just natural. It's just, it's just as humans what we say and what we do. You know what I'm saying? They say a man is judged by his actions, but it's also judged by his words. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, they say a man is judged by his actions, but he's also judged by his words. So if you see a man all the time speaking about killing people, killing people, killing people, and you see him one day, you're automatically going to think, is he in this kill mode right now? Mm. But he might just be in chill mode. Mm. But you, you have that concept Absolutely. of what he's saying. You don't know his actions. You don't know what he's doing in his personal life. But you take him as what you see. Exactly. So whatever you say to yourself a lot is what you will eventually become. So I mean, a very easy example is look into the media. Mm. How is the black community being associated? Every time a crime comes up mm. from a, committed by a black person, mm. the colour will come in between. Mm the black man or the black woman or the black child has committed this crime. Mm. When you go into, and that is conditioning, what, what, what we're talking about, mm. when you go into, for instance, I don't know, person from Pakistan, for instance, just after the 211, um, um, is it 11? 211, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so if you look at that, um, the Muslim community, the Pakistani community has been automatically associated with Islamophobia, terrorism. Mm. So this is how conditioning works. If you keep telling things or broadcasting things over and over again and makes this association to a certain group of faith people background, then people will automatically memorize. And that is that is what we're talking about. Automatically, you can if you if you look at common sense in general, mm. you can recondition your mind. You can go back to roots. You can start asking questions. That's the hardest thing to why, do. Why? Yeah. That's the hardest thing to do because when the mind's been conditioned a certain way, it's it takes probably generations to unlearn bad habits. It's not but it only starts one person to do it for yourself. Mm, it mm. takes generation. We cannot change the world from tomorrow. We cannot. Mm. But what we can do is change ourselves. Mm. One person at a time. That's how it starts working. So my 
I'm, I'm so passionate about um, bringing out the truth, um, common sense in people e against colorism, against racism, because I feel at the moment, down to the point that people are asking me wherever I'm black, you know, my heritage, that because they're questioning why I'm so passionate about it. The reason why I'm so passionate about it, because no other part um, uh, of human beings have been actually so degraded over the last 500 years. Yes, Indian Pakistanis have been suffering with British colonialism as well, but they have never been de-rooted from their identity like the black community has. That's a fact. And I, 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 we just have to go back to facts. We I, have I to don't want to accept, I don't want to accept what you're saying, but I have to accept what you're saying because um, Pakistanis and people from Bangladesh, they still have some cultural ties inside of their foods and inside of their languages. And a lot of people don't actually understand a language, when it's stripped from you, is your whole That's identity right. gone. Because there's things in your language that you know, if you say it in a certain way to someone, it means yeah. something. You don't have that when no. your language is taken. Someone gives you something That's and then right. you have to use it in that way. And that's why if you look now, a lot of the street kids, they have their own way of even like they expressing themselves. Yeah, they've created a new yeah. thing. And I never forget because even me, I've got a little bit of it myself. Does that make sense? Um, even though I'm Jamaican and we speak a little bit different anyway, but I'm saying I've still got some of that as well because of that's just our conditioning again that yeah. we all speak a certain way to, to escape the normality of wanting to be back to what we originally was because we've lost part of our identity. So I, I, d I definitely agree with you on that one. I definitely 100% agree and with you And that is on that a one. huge point where I want to take away this um, stigma, this misconception that a black person is only associated to certain attributes, which is why I brought out that clip. I don't know if you, if you looked at that clip mm -hmm. where I'm talking about black inventors because it happens to be Black History Month in the US. So I thought I'd bring out something which is really is resonating to people. And it's not being educated. It's not about a race between um, a, a war between black and white or yellow and purple. I don't really care how you look like. It's about bringing out society issues and making people actually relate to someone who is in a good position who has achieved something to motivate them to bring out this spark so they can believe in themselves again we're coming back to self-identity mm. because the self-identity has been taken, taken away right. from a yep. certain group of people it needs to be brought back in some form of way. So people can believe in themselves again and we can come away from this person is is can only be a criminal or this person will will take our culture away. But you know it's it's things. funny it's funny that I don't I've never actually ever had an inferior complex in my whole life. There was one time where I was with my friends I'd act a certain way but I never had an inferior complex and what I mean my inferior complex is feel like I'm less than anyone's society. I've always had a king complex if I'm honest with you. Because from a very young age, my mum always used to tell me that I was a king without a crown. So I, I've always walked through life thinking that I'm just like some king. So when I step into a building or I go somewhere, I expect it to be treated a certain way because of just me being me. Not because of my skin colour, but me as my personality, who I am, my family, my lineage. This is the stuff that I hold but dear to. But you know to. where that comes from? It where? comes from your culture. I know by fact that Jamaicans themselves mm. have a very different attitude to life 
mm. than people from a black community from other parts of the country or from other parts of the world. So it, it, it depends on your culture. If your culture has been brought up to believe certain things, then you won't have these kind of feelings within yourself. Yeah, I've never really, I've never had that kind of like feeling, oh, you know, the world's against me. The reason why I've not got hair is because I'm black or this. I've never suffered with that my whole life. I've never suffered with that. I've always been able to manoeuvre and get through with every everything that I've done. Obviously, I've felt certain things in my life because that's just life in general. You go through stuff, but I've never actually myself like gone through like in a time in my life where I'm like, you know what? I'm not happy with my life. Right? I've never actually gone through that if I'm being 100% honest with you. I mean, that's the privilege of being a Jamaican, I guess. <laughs> yes, um, I mean, we're coming back to culture again. You know, it's it's all a cultural um, belief. It's all a cultural conditioning. If you have been conditioned that way, then you're fortunate to come from Jamaica because I, I know Jamaican attitudes very, very well um, uh, because of um, personal experiences. So they do have a way of beliefs which actually takes away this inferiority feeling um, away which other people may have. You know, I think it, it comes through um, the way that we're, we're grown, um, the music that we listen to, because for Jamaicans, music is like a big thing in our culture. It's very it's powerful. Like, it's That's like right. one of the most powerfulest things in our yeah. culture that we have. Um, like, that is an unseen... It's like... You treat your you, you, your woman is your queen. You're her queen, king. You run your castle. This is what life is. This is what life ain't. This is what we need to do. Fight against the Babylon. It's like there's a lot of stuff in Jamaican culture that um, shows you your self worth. Like yeah. even when people might see certain negative things attain to um, Jamaican people, there's always a positive outside of that. So if you see a negative, there's always going to be a positive outside of that. Trust me. When you hear people talking, you'll be like, I agree. Whoa. I mean, there's a joke about it as well. If ever there were um, terrorists on a plane, mm. you would not want to fly with Jamaican airline. <laughs> <laughs> and we know why. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me on that one. Trust me. Be a brave man on that plane. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but It comes from somewhere. Yeah, I think I feel, I've never, me personally, I can only speak for myself, I've never actually suffered from that inferior complex. And I think... Even other places in the world, I think that some people, because um, even when I went to Africa, you will never see someone refer to another person as black. And terminology doesn't exist. Like, they would refer to someone as their tribe or their father's yeah. name. So they'd be like, that's Ibn Muhammad. That's Muhammad Ibn Shafiq. He was the first man that came in there and built this village. And you're like, oh, is it? Like, you're, you get history from someone's name. Yeah. You want to hear a man say, oh, that's that black you or that black guy. Or, like, we don't refer to each other like that. I think only in the West we, where there's a inferior stuff that's put on us because of the way the society that's is, right. the culture. Not the just the West, but also other cultures as well. They have been conditioned by the same way mm. um, than the West society. How do you think that's been conditioned in um, like the Pakistani community? Pakistani, Indian, I mean, I must I must say it's very similar. Pakistani, uh, com uh, Indian community, Iranian community, Arabic community, very, very similar to each other. Um, the way how it's been conditioned is that the fair you, you fairer you are, the yeah. um, prettier you are being assumed by society. The yeah. darker you are, the um, less attractive you've been perceived by society. Yeah. 
that is that is just how they believe in it's very very sad to see because even within themselves within their own society um people who are of darker color have been perceived as not being attractive in general but then you bring someone in from the black community and that goes to a totally different level because the tolerance level just goes down completely that is a very very strict mindset of um associating again um the black community to certain habits to certain ways mm. to certain looks mm. um you will never see a or i wouldn't say never but the majority of that kind of background will never perceive a black person as handsome or pretty or attractive you think that's changing though because i feel like on society like all right cool like we got like so many black entertainers nowadays and we got so much black influencers it's kind of hard to deny the beauty it's like it's there in front of your face i feel like the generation the younger generation coming up are less i think they're less racist than the elder generation i think the elder generation hold on to that very dearly but i feel like the young because if you're growing up in a society where you most of the people that you went to primary school with secondary school with college and university are all black you get to understand culture you start to say oh they're man a nigerian they're man a jamaican you know the difference between people because i think sometimes people even us as humans we'll look at a color of people and we're like they're chinese but the person could be singapore or the person could be from yeah. japan or the person from north korea they want to be identified yeah. with the place that Where they're from. They, from. they don't want to be associated with Chinese people because yeah. they're not Chinese people. But yeah. look how we say, oh, they're just Chinese people. Yeah. The same with Asian people. We'll say, oh, they're just Indian. But really, they could be Pakistani or Beng- Bengali. So there's a difference yeah, between right. the two cultures and the people inside of it know the differences, the languages, yeah. everything. And they know the differences. The young young generation is slightly changing. I agree yeah. with that. But because the older generation of that belief is still there, mm. it holds a lot of pressure on them so you will see very very few for instance having a relationship outside of their culture mm. they would prefer having a relationship with somebody who is from a caucasian background mm. than from a black community that is just fact yeah yeah and the point is once um a with a man it's even different than because men are generally allowed a lot more leverage than than female are from that um, part of um, culture yeah. but um if if a person from that culture goes out or mar even dares to marry someone from the black community that person is shunned for life but you know i find they pretty- may tolerate that person i'm yeah. not saying that they would completely disconnect with that person yeah. but it will always be seen as an outsider. It's funny that you say that because um just recently um I done some history I was just studying some history just you know I just get I come across lots of books when I go into bookshops I just buy books about history and stuff. And um this is going to sound shocking to a lot of people but I found out that that um the original man that they say was on the planet first that he was in the Indian subcontinent. And then um I found out who what the tribe was and they're still alive to this day some tribe that's been for like hundreds of thousand years this tribe's been on this little village it's, i think it's in near india it's like off offshore of india on some island yeah and they're very dark they're like my skin complexion yeah. but they're indians they that's where they're from i don't know if indian people would class them as indians but to me they looked indian but they looked black as well so i said wait a second does that mean now that 
would you say now, I, this is what I was starting to say, I was saying, right, so does that mean that part of all skin colours and tones come from Asian people, so how can Asian people be racist towards anybody with a skin colour? But that is, again, the conditioning which has been created over the last 500 years to mm. believe that certain colours or certain tones of colours are superior to others or are, have been seen better to others, which is where the success comes again, why people bleach their skin colour, mm. because they believe they would hold a better and higher positioning in society. It's very, very sad to see. I mean, I fight with my own people all the time. Even on my TikTok, sometimes I have to say to people to um, hold back from these things and stop these things. Obviously, I can't take it out of them because if something is deep-rooted in someone, yeah. you can't. Um, it takes time uh, if somebody is willing to do so also. Because sometimes what it is that even if a person wanted to change, because of the pressure they have, the ties, the family ties mm. they have, they don't go ahead and do that. And that is a very crucial thing. The biggest um, a punishment you can give, because we're social being, is to deprive you from your social um, connections. Yeah. So your family, your friends, mm. and that is what automatically happens, what a lot of Asian families do. Mm. If they don't like something, what you're doing, they will deprive themselves from you. But then even, it, I would say, does that even make it worse when someone's even a Muslim? Because now, like, for instance, somebody's reverted to Islam. I'm giving you a, just a, a basic example. And um, I've got a movie coming out about this soon as well. It's not a movie, but it's like a short movie about this. It's about... Um, Documentary or no, it's movie? Actually, it's actually a movie. Okay. It's about the, the Asian dad and the black man. Basically, they meet each other in the mosque. The dad teaches them about Islam. The boy's a revert. He comes to Islam. I'm going to give you the whole story. I don't care if someone steals it. I know I'm, I'm going to probably... It's already in the making already, so... So, basically, he meets the father. Right. Him and the father get get connected in the mosque. The father doesn't know anything about this boy, but he sees that he's a new Muslim and he wants to teach him, so he loves him. He he invites him out, helps him, helps him get a job, changes his life around. Cool. They're, he loves him because he met him inside the mosque and because he's a new Muslim. Right. Every day the boy's coming there, every day the, the dad is trying to teach him Islam. Now what happens is this boy, he's in the same age as the man's daughter. They go to the same school. Right. Now he has always liked the daughter, but the daughter's always said, I can never be with someone who's not Muslim. But he said, I didn't want to turn Muslim for a girl. I turned Muslim for myself. So now that he's Muslim, he's approached the girl and said, look, I want to marry you. And the girl said, you have to speak to my father. Yeah. You know where this is going now. You you kind of know where this is going now. You I know do, where this I is do, going. I do, I do. And... <laughs> I have he, a picture he, in my head already. Yeah, so now <laughs> the boy, the dad has invited the boy around for food right. to the house. He said, look, I want you to come around and try some Asian food. You love birani. It's the best food. My birani, the best in my wife and my family. We're going to show you hospitality. Because let's be real, Pakistani, people from the Middle East do have very good hospitality. They're yeah, very hospitable yeah, people. You go right. to their house, they're making sure you're very taken care of very nicely. They're not just leaving you there for one hour of no tea. You're drinking tea. You're very comfortable. They're giving you everything you need. You can't come out with the empty stomach at all. Like, and a good mind as well. They'll make you feel good as well. That's right. So... Um, um, so what happens now t towards the end, and this is actually a real scenario that happens a lot. So this is why I, I brought it up. The boy has gone around to the, the girl said to her father, I'm going to invite um, a man who wants to potentially marry me. So the father said, no problem. Now, what happens was 
the day that he was meant to come to the house for the father, he he cancelled it. The boy right. cancelled it. But now the the day that he's meant to come around for the girl, he's he's coming because that's what he said. That's more important. So he's come round, knocked on the door, and the dad saw him and said, "Ah, oh, so I'm like, what are you doing here?" And he said, "Ah, oh, I think I might be in the wrong house." And then the daughters come and said, "No, no, no, this is my house." So the dad looked at her and looked at him and said, "Would you what's going?" And she said, this is the guy that I was telling you, Dad, and I told you if you're going to have a problem. And Dad said, no, 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 get out of my house. I don't want you here. And then he's like, what? But you invited me to your house already. He said, no, 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 you, you can't come to my house. He said, but you invited me to your house anyway. I didn't even know this was your daughter. This is all like, for me, this is like cuddled, isn't it? Allah's wrote this. He's, she's, he said, no, 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 no. This is not going to ever happen. You, you're not part of this. You can never be part of our family. And he starts shutting the door in, in the language. Start speaking other language mm. to her. And then he, he shut the door and then the guy's like shocked and then that's where it ends. Mm. The reason why I wanted to do that is because I believe... That is a very real story. Very real story. And it happens so much. Yeah. But the only problem is it's not put on a big scale. Yeah. For the reason is because... You have to understand the mind of the Asian society. And I'm talking about general Asian society. It's not just Muslim. Mm. It's including Hinduism, including different mm -hmm. faiths. It's general the Asian society, Middle Eastern Asian society. Mm. They do not want to be portrayed as someone who's intolerant. Mm. That is just the case. They do not want to be portrayed. Everything needs to be put under the carpet. Because if you look at the way how the culture works... Um, someone who's younger meant to listen to the older person, regardless of their right or if they're wrong, if they're talking the truth, if they're talking false. Mm. But that's how the society works in the Asian culture. When you've been brought up in the Asian culture, you're meant to listen to your elders, mm. whatever, regardless of what they're saying. And that that that's something which they want to continue because they want to keep their culture alive. They okay. don't want somebody to rebel against them. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. And because to rebel against something would mean in their eyes that um, their culture will break. Somewhere along the line, they will lose that person mm. or something will change. It's sad because um, for, that, for that brother that went through that, that scarred him now to do with... Yeah. He's, he's associating, and this is, this is what a lot of people don't understand, he associates that bad experience to Islam. Yeah. That has nothing to do with Islam. Yeah. But he, as because because he thought it was all love in Islam and brotherhood and blah, 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 he's relating now this bad experience to Islam. Now that's going to, now people might not think, oh, this is one, not a lot of cases and it's only one out of them. If that keeps going on, what do you think society, long term, the effect of that will be? That will be people having stereotypes towards other people. Exactly. Now, he might have kids. He might get into a marriage with another woman and have kids. Now, that kid could be wanting to marry his daughter. They could be Asian. He said, no, 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 no. Yeah. Because he's already got a preconceived yeah. notion in his yeah. mind of what's going to happen. And that is already child. in society. We see that every day. I mean, I work, as I said, in, in the mental health sector, and I've seen a lot of Asian families, believe me. I've seen a lot of Asian families happening to that. Um happening to where I thought first when I went through a lot of things in my life um, through various traumas through various you know really really bad things I thought I might be the only person in the world why is that happening at that time Mm. but suddenly you, you, you are faced through the grace of the almighty with these challenges yeah seeing other people happening that too and you find yourself as a, as a very, very small case, as a very, very small person in this wide world where all these things are happening yeah, and yeah. you see the issues and they're big. They're still very, very big. Um, we could go on with that for hours and hours and hours, you know, because they do not stop, unfortunately, which is why I'm so dedicated in um, promoting um, or in, in actually removing the stigma about the black community because I do not like that. And you have to understand, it's ungodly. Let's put it mm. put it there. It's what, ungodly. But what's the hate that you get from the Asian community because of this? Because obviously if you're doing this, Asian community must be like, what's wrong with this woman? What's the kind, do you get a lot of backlash from your own community more than any other community? Oh, yes, they do. Um, first of all, it goes back to the faith. Mm. Or As a Muslim, you shouldn't act like this. What's that got to do with faith? Nothing nothing, at all. Um, Second thing, it comes then back to, okay, which other tactics would be used? She's a woman. She should behave in a certain way. Mm. Then the other tactic is, oh, um, do you not like us? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Then another tactic will be, well, we're coming back to um, racism again. As soon as I put up something from a certain force to benefit or to motivate a certain group of people, another group comes up, but what about us? We've done this. And that is where you're actually taking the focus away from the actual point. I'm not talking about your community right now. I will come into that when it's time. I'm talking about this community. That's what we need to focus on because there's a problem there. 
I think you see that point right there. That was that was the, the the nail on the head. Whenever you talk about one topic, there's always another person that feels neglected. But that's because I feel people don't feel accepted inside of themselves. So there's an inferior complex. And it's not just this. If people feel attacked by something, but why because feel they don't? It's just a, it's a post. Because How can a post make you feel attacked? Uh, a post can make you feel attacked if something is going for your benefits all this time. And something else comes up which contradicts that or corrects it. Mm. That's when you suddenly feel um, someone uh, something is attacking you because suddenly your um, um, your 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 benefits and mm. the position you hold will will be jeopardized. Mm. That's all what it is. <laughs> mm. It's all about power. It's funny, man, because um, I find colorism the most stupidest thing i look at everybody um i've brought up my kids and i don't talk much about my family because um you know they have their own life they have their own bites to mm. come on but i i've brought up my kids in seeing no color mm. they will talk to you they will judge you based on what they like your character your character that's the if most they important. don't like your personality they will not get along with you if they like your personality, you, you could come from any... And that's not just colour. That's about social status, background, culture. But do you, would, you, would you say that with the black community, though, for example, you would have to teach your kids twice as much? Because um, I was asking... And this is a question I got to ask you, yeah? And this is a real-life question because I've always wanted to know the answer to this. Someone said, if you go over Asian women, you don't care about black people. I said, all right, cool. Let me tell you how it doesn't make sense. This is what I said to him. This is my opinion. As if a black man and an Asian woman have a child, what colour does the child turn up? What, 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 is, what is the skin tone of the child? It's just a mixed skin tone. The child's coming out brown. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A yeah, mixed it's, it's, skin it's, coming, tone. it's coming out brown. So what are you talking about? Because we're all brown anyway. So what you're saying doesn't even make sense. I like, mean, in real terms, there is no black melody. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. It doesn't course. exist. But what I'm saying is... Neither if, is white. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is... If for a black person to say they're standing up for black power and all yeah. this rubbish, but then you're with a dark skinned Asian girl and have a child, the only thing I can see differently there is a little bit of culture. I cannot see from skin tone, there's a difference. I, I just can't see. But it. there, you have to go back to the roots. It's the same about the fear from Asian families mixing with black community within their children, you know, having a relationship. The same fear goes to the other party as well. They have a fear about them. That's why we need to take this fear away because they feel... Is it fear or shame? Is it fear or shame? Because I, I'm starting to think this is not fear, this is shame. Because bringing a black person into the household, people are like, why did you bring a black person? Look at them, the people, them people, they're low, you know, good people. Then The fear people. is about shame. Because most people, and you know that, you would know that as well. If you follow the Quran or the Bible, Torah, any of them, mm -hmm. it would say that most people live by the opinion of others. Mm -hmm. How other people think of them, how the society think mm -hmm. of them. That's why we have to draw the line. This is mm -hmm. shirk. Mm -hmm. If you want to understand shirk, shirk means anything or anybody you put in between your relationship to God. It's associating partners with exactly. Yeah. So if you have a social societal pressure, that is that is what shirk gives. You could go five times to the mosque, I'd, or I'd to say, the church, I'd say, whatever I'd say, you want to do. I'd say, I'd say sometimes to a certain extent, kufud could could be it, it could be con, con, um, seen as kufud, meaning disbelief. The reason being is because 
Shaitan, the first ever racist person in history, said, I don't like Adam because I'm better than him. That arrogance. And then he he put what he thought was better. He said, I'm created from fire and he's created from clay. So to a certain extent, and Allah disgraced him and he's in the hellfire forever. He's finished forever. And that was only because of his arrogance. So I feel like the arrogant part of people that make them feel like I'm so much better better than this race of people, even though in the eyes of Allah, he doesn't even look at us like that. He's looking at what's inside of the heart and the actions and the person's belief and all this. This is what the things you're going to be judged on, not judged on men's skin colour. Not even to your social status. Look at the people who buy, um, oh, I'm going to build 10 mosques and um, 10 churches or whatsoever. You can't buy your sins out. It doesn't work. You've got, you're going to be, we can't forever you've done. So, I can see to a certain extent if somebody has that ideology of being arrogant to the point where they think they're better than someone, in reality, when they're not, then that could be, I, I'd see that as like kufr, this maybe disbelief to, to, to that, if we pull That's it on right. that level of. But that is, again, it's a form of shirk as well. Shirk in general means if you put something in between the relationship uh, between you and God, if you put yourself between you and God, it's the same concept. Because you're playing the part of God. You're playing the part of power, being better than somebody else or feeling better than somebody else. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I can't see that shit. I see it's covered disbelief. Like, you just disbelieve because you, you, you think that your, your arrogance has made you so high and pumped that you've got pride now. Because pride, I think pride, shame, pride and shame are, are so similar in hand-to-hand, how they are. You have someone who's prideful, and they don't like to be disgraced and shamed. You see the same? So if I've got a lot of pride and you try to shame me, I'll die because I don't want you to... Z- so that pride, and that pride, we need to start putting that to one side and start putting logic to one side. That's right. In a society, if you're raising your child in the Western society, there is, a, there is an 80% chance that your child might like someone outside of your ethnicity. That's right. There's nothing wrong with it and it's just the society that you're in. If you don't want that and you're 100% against that, then go back to your, your native land where your child will only see their own people. That's right. And in one, there would be a 20% chance of them meeting a black person in the rural areas of Pakistan. Very, very rare. But even then, I think there's a, there's a, there's a colorism problem inside of Pakistan itself yeah. because you've got the dark-skinned Pakistanis and then you've got light-skinned Pakistanis, but they look at the light-skinned Pakistanis as more attractive than the dark-skinned ones. Yeah. In my eyes, everybody's attraction is not based on even looks anyway or yeah. skin complexion. It's really in the mind and the heart and how yeah. the person is as a person. Yeah. That's what I take it as anyway. I've always took it as that. But I don't know how some people... There still has to be, obviously, a physical attraction. The person has to physically suit your eyes. So you're like, ooh, ooh, ooh. But I don't think that's the be-all and end-all. So I think even in certain cultures, um, people have the colorism issue where the darker the skin of the person, the less... And that's what we were talking earlier about. It is is there, unfortunately. And uh, I'm just dedicated in changing it within people as much as I can, because I don't believe in it. Yeah. I don't find it godly at all. I find yeah. it very ungodly, and you mentioned Satan as well in that way, um, that this has been brought in us to divide us. Facts. This has been brought in us to f- feel empowered over somebody else. And that is not where society should go, because if you go back to child psychology, and I keep bringing it up, if these things were right... 
children would not mix with each other they would not play with each other from various different backgrounds looks cultures even genders they don't really care kids are kids are just they don't they just see oh there's a playmate i want to play with this person well they know him by his name or that's it that's kids, right kids know each other by that's their right or that person hurts themselves that's where we come back to um altruism again that person hurts themselves the other person autom- the other child automatically wants to help they automatically feel these compassion these emotions these are innate qualities within us to provide to help to care for each other so why we let that um get taken away by societal conditioning facts and i think that's that's a, um that, that comes down to um we as people like you said there's a sign beautiful that you said and it, it goes in line with what says in the quran the last part that says we never change the condition of people until they change what is inside themselves you can't help anyone unless they want to help themselves It's the same in my line of work as well. I can't help a client if they, they don't want to help, help themselves. Yeah. And I think that comes from self-reflection. You know, a lot of things come from within, you know. Um a lot of things come from within like just mindset of who you are and where you want to be in life. I think a lot of things come from the mind. That's why it's good that if you understand the mind, you can help people to try and further them towards what they want to get. A lot of people are not suffering from anything other than maybe identity crisis not That's knowing right. themselves not loving themselves this right. it, as small as, it, as as easy as this might sound for some people they're really struggling with this and not even knowing that they're actually That's struggling right. with it i mean nowadays you have to understand that especially even post pandemic a lot of people are suffering and that doesn't mean everyone has to have a mental health condition it just means that everyone has mental health imbalance of course so as soon something is wrong and something we don't feel right with we have a mental health imbalance and there's nothing wrong with that we just need to be aware of that create awareness of this and then address these things mm. to our benefits not to someone else's benefits to our own benefits because the time when you start healing within yourself you start understanding yourself you start discovering yourself which is part of my program the effect effect which is why i've created that originally that you need to understand that all these different conditionings which have been happening through your upbringing through your understanding through your uh, academic um uh, learning anything which you absorb uh, there are not always from you so you have to dissect them and then go back to the roots and start understanding which of these parts are actually really us or myself and which of these parts are not good for me they're Facts. actually holding me back Facts. because if 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 nothing was wrong why are we not 100% happy why are we not walking along smiling everywhere why are we not talking to people in a positive way why are we not loving if there's something wrong then you need to start understanding go back to the roots why is that wrong what is actually holding me back in this internal fulfillment once you have this peace within yourself and i can tell you that with from my own experiences regardless of what i'm experiencing even at the moment once i created this peace within myself it automatically comes out it automatically it radiates. radiates to other people and people are attracted to that without me actually wanting it mm. i'm not looking for any attention i don't need any attention 
Um, but people do want this ray of light because they have a certain difficulty in their life which they cannot manage and they think this positivity might help me to manage that but unless they understand that I can only soothe their pain I can only guide them to the light but I cannot actually bring them out to make the first step outside of that box Facts, facts. and um, that's the reason why um, we need more people like yourself to be bringing people out. Of that. I think I commend you for the positivity that you bring on your channel and you bring to other people. It's really good and it's a breath of fresh air in a world full of so much toxicity and so much craziness and people all trying to do all kinds of stuff for clout. It's it's hard to, when you see a genuine person being nice to think that they're being nice. See, that's the problem. We're so we've been conditioned to believe that when someone's being nice, they're being fake. <laughs> we've uh, been I conditioned. I get that told to that. all the time. <laughs> Absolutely, there must be something wrong with that. <laughs> Just because you're actually being nice, it, it's a little bit crazy in our minds that we actually think someone's being nice, and we think they're being overly nice. You know. Something's wrong with that person. Yeah. This, I'm like, I can feel it. It's like we, that's an, that's the illness inside of ourselves when you see that. I feel like that. that's why we need more people to just keep doing it so it becomes a norm, just like we've been conditioned to feel negative about everything. We should be conditioned to um, feel positive about that's things. That's right. It's about persistency. It will, mm. it will get there at some point. Maybe mm. not change the world, but mm. even if we can change a little area, you know, some people... That can also help. And of it's course. a blessing. Of course. It's a blessing to be. You know, the way how I present myself in social media is no different than I would talk to you in private or I would talk to somebody else or mm. I would go to work. Uh, I would talk to my family, my friends. There's no difference at all. And that's when people need to understand once you self-discover yourself, it is a beautiful feeling. It is something which is absolutely divine. You can't describe this peace which you feel within yourself. Yes, I still get emotional because that's me being human that's being. That's a human you know. being. Human. That's a, we we, we cannot be perfect. We can be affected by things, but it's how you change the perspective. And that's how I say to people as well. Once you start changing your perspective of what you experience, because we all experience something, You've um, experienced something in your life. I've experienced something mm. in my life. But it's what we learn from these experiences. That's what counts. I create opportunities for myself, from my experiences. Now, I've grown up, for instance, in an Urdu household. I had no idea about Punjabi. It's just a little thing, for instance. My first marriage was a very heavy-speaking Punjabi household. Mm. I've learned Punjabi, their behavior their language, mm. the way how their tone works, mm. the different cultures, mm. the way wherever they come from south, from mm. north, it's mm. all differences mm. just by listening. Mm. And I thought to myself, yes, that marriage has been horrible. He was a really, really difficult man. Mm. But what I've learned from that is suddenly, once I came out of that and I went into um, first linguistics in the mental health sector, mm. progressed very quickly into the mental health sector, I mm. thought... That was actually beneficial for me because I've yeah. learned something from that and I'm now applying this into society. I can understand why a Punjabi person be is behaving a certain way mm. and someone who comes from Germany is behaving in a very, very different, different way. way. Mm. 
you know, it's, it's, it's when you go through life, and I tell everyone this, when you go through life and you take bad experiences and see good in them, there's something called no regret and no malice and no hate. Saying this last night to someone in one of my lives, imagine that, I was actually speaking about this yesterday, and this is what I said, and I've been saying to people for the last two, three weeks, four weeks, everything that I want in my life has been attracting to me. Everything. But the only reason why that's been happening is because I'm on my purpose and I'm living for my purpose, not living for people, not living for opinions, not living for hate, not living for nothing. I'm living for my purpose. Your purpose is so important to be upon, to understand. When you can take a bad experience and take good from that experience, then you've won. It's people that live in bad experiences that fall into depression. And they have a life filled with talking about the past then focusing on their present so they never have a positive because future. they're trapped they're yeah. trapped they do not see what's happening because life is always evolving of course that's what we have to understand if you're trapped in a certain event in a certain position in a certain person you will never see the goodness of how you're evolving or yeah. how you could be and you will miss out opportunities you will miss out jobs you will miss out careers you miss out partners you miss out uh, relationships you miss out a lot of good things if you're trapped in that moment so you have to let go have to and i think that's one thing i've been um, but you have to able be able to manage how to use these experiences into your life as well so it's not just about using these as good things or looking at them in a different perspective how you use them into your life to progress that's what's count i think personally for me um i only can speak on my own personal experiences um I've looked at every bad experience as a good experience, as a learning curve, and I've just moved forward. I don't even take some things with me. You know, a lot of people, they carry baggage around with them, you know? So they get into a new relationship, they get into a new business partnership, and they think of what someone else done to them. So they always have this kind of wall yeah. up, and they never let their walls down. Yeah. I, could be, I could be hurt 60 times, yeah? but I will never stop being the person that I'm going to be. Yeah. I will never let that person be the master of my destiny and of how I treat people. I will never let nobody do that to me. I don't care if I went through the worst relationship or the worst friendship. I mean, you have to to differentiate two things. There's one, having experiences, bad experiences. The other thing is going through really severe trauma. For instance, a person who's been raped. Mm, That's that's big, Unless you overcome these things, you will always fear certain things in other people. Mm. And that is understandable, but you then need to find the healing for yourself. You need to find find what is actually stopping you. What is the trigger point? Why are you actually uh, associating certain traits to, to to a certain gender, for instance? You know, yeah. I can I can talk out of experiences. As I said, I've I've gone through a whole lot of trauma myself, but I have to process this information over time mm. to understand why certain things are happening. I'm. I I've, I've gone through as, uh, these, these traumas developing into a natural empath. So from trauma, I went into wanting to become the healer. Mm. So some people go into, they become victims, mm. they become um, victims of crime even, mm. or perpetrators. Mm. I decided I wanted to become the healer because I don't want anybody else to feel what, you feel what I felt. But at the same time, what I didn't understand, and that's why I needed to progress within my healing journey, is that I needed to set my own boundaries. In becoming the healer, I also attracted 
the people who are not good for me. That's the problem, and that's and that's the problem that when you you have to know what you're willing to put up with and what you're not willing to put up with, and you've got to make that stick, and you've got to set from the start. And not be afraid to say it. I think a lot of people... But you can't set something from the start if you don't understand it. So when I when I felt I wanted to become the healer, automatically mm. it progresses. I needed to understand also that I needed to heal myself. Mm. So once I start focusing on myself, that's when I start putting boundaries in. means mm. certain people do not need to be in my life, for instance. It's true. So I needed to have the awareness that I know because I'm an over-provider, over-carer and want to suddenly heal you, mm. that that person may not need it or may should not have it because mm. it does not deserve so, it. Yeah. Not that it does not deserve my care, mm. but that that person does not deserve this in their life because they need to find their own way or they need to find their own journey first before they start hurting me. Facts. So that's where I had to learn and just say, no, it's okay to say no, for instance. Mm. You know, if somebody asks me, oh, can you do this for me? No, it's okay to say no. Yeah, I'm yeah. not helping myself yeah. and I wouldn't help yeah. the other person certainly neither because I may be just progressing or um, uh, helping them in their bad habits. Yeah, and you know, I've learned how to say no um, from a very young age. I was, I was the long guy anyway, so growing up, that's why I think um, people tend to always um, come towards me because I was just a no guy. I was never the yes man my whole life. I could be your friend and we can agree on things that I agree with, but if I don't agree with you, no, no, brother. That's the wrong thing to do. And I... And then figure I changed my whole estate by this mindset of me saying no, we're not doing this. No one's allowed to do this, and this is we're never doing but this. But that again. is where you're 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 fortunate from your culture. I mm. know that by fact that mm. Jamaican culture is that way. You mm. have a very high self esteem, mm. which doesn't apply unfortunately to a lot of other cultures. Mm. You know, it's been ingrained in the Jamaican culture to have a certain way to have have a certain feeling about yourself. Facts. So that's definitely true. That's definitely true. So plug everyone with your social media and what you do, man. Tell everyone what you do on your social media. I mean, I started social media last year in mm. around May, uh, March, April time, more April time. You're doing well for someone who started like, just May last year. You're doing well. Thank you. Yeah, you're <laughs> doing you. well. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I was separated from a very, very... Um, long-term relationship uh, was with the actual narcissist so it's not something which which is just narcissistic <laughs> qualities I know you talk about that in your podcast a lot I've heard I've, I've listened to your podcast but um, if you can match a lot of traits to a certain disorder then uh, they do they do come to realization at that time i didn't understand what it was because as i said the understanding of what is happening to me i only developed through my academic um, progression so when i went through um, my psychological career mm. and i've done a degree that's when i started actually understanding that is what's happening mm. and it's not right because of my cultural upbringing, um, unfortunately, um, women are always seen to serve men. It's just a fact. Which, is, to a certain extent, is not a bad thing. Let's, let's, but let's... serving is not the right thing. Because you must not be submissive others than God. Anybody else. That's, you know, there, there's, there's differences in between respect, showing respect and showing understanding to someone 
than serving someone. What do you mean by serving? Would you would you let's let's get onto this topic now? What would you mean by, <laughs> would you mean by serving someone? Because serving a man is being your duty as a woman, just like a man serves you in his way. There's there's both. It's it's a, it's a I feel like it's a it's a give yeah, and give. That's because you come from a different cultural upbringing. Serving a man in the Asian society means that you must be submissive, literally submissive to what the man is saying, regardless of if they're right, if they're wrong. Um, you must listen to that man. Even if he's beating you, even if he's costing yeah. your family, even if he's... So it's, it's, it's similar to slavery, for instance. That's Having mad, a slave and a master. That's mad, that's mad. And that is, that is, that is the main thing. I mean, even to, to going back to my own family, mm. regardless of what happened, because my marriage broke down for various uh, serious reasons, mm. I was still being told I should have tried longer, or mm. why am I divorcing? I should have um, tried to make up, even though they didn't agree with the marriage in the first place anyway. Mm. So... There's, there's always this misconception that the woman has to be inferior to the man and she must listen to the man. Well, in the Asian culture, you mean? Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, so I can only go back to that culture okay. because that's that's what I can explain in that way. Um, what was the question actually originally which you were asking? I just asked you, what was your social media? You went into... <laughs> yes, absolutely. Narcissism. <laughs> she said, yo, no, was, everything comes yes, up now. Yes, absolutely. No, I don't, I don't go too much into that, but it was... Um, he, ha- he was a narcissist. The difficulty with narcissists generally is it's mm. a personality disorder. Mm. It derives from a lot of problems from your childhood. That's, that's where the deep-rooted things are. So once you learn a lot of things, you learn a lot of attributes from your family, from your upbringing, you then um, adapt them into your own life. And a narcissist itself is a, um, it's a, it's a personality who like to adapt to the world or show present them to the world as the carer, as the provider, as someone who is always there. But uh, within their own uh, imminent um, um, home within mm. their own imminent relationship that's when uh, a different person comes out and they become overpowered over the other person um, there's gaslighting involved there's a lot of lot of emotional abuse involved which other people cannot see because they do not want to portray themselves to other people mm. in that light um, but the reason for that often is it comes back to self-identity crisis, a lot of trauma involved. And unless this is kind of uh, addressed, it will never come out. Mm. It will never come out. But apart from that, I came out of that relationship about 14 months ago and um, I started healing within myself. So I started personally progressing. I don't blame anyone, by the way, because I feel personally that experiences, they're not justified. I'm not justifying bad behavior, but I'm saying that it's part of my life. Mm. And I've learned a lot from these things Mm. because I can now even better so understand a lot of other behavioral traits which somebody else might not understand and why i'm able to now even talk openly about that without feeling the shame the stigma or the confusion or having any kind of self-identity crisis because i've discovered myself so i came out of that and i thought first of all um okay i go into psychology was looking for different psychology jobs Mm. um moving on from um general mental health and uh, someone came along and said, um, "The life coach." Mm-hmm. 
So I thought it used to, to myself, be mentoring, but now they've, they've got a better word for it. That's right. Course, yeah. That's right. I looked into that because I thought oh, I did not have much understanding about that at that time. But I researched into that and I thought that sounds actually quite interesting because with psychological positions as a counsellor, as a therapist, you're very, very limited to the concept what they present to you. So you mm. can't do any more than that. But looking into the life coaching business, I thought that sounds so interesting because I have a lot more freedom with all these different experiences and understanding. I could actually help the person full rather than just giving them a CBT therapy, for instance, mm. and having to stick to a plan. I can actually help them progress with their life. And the same experiences which I have come out with, I could apply them to help them to understand them better and to um, uh, be a part of their self-development. And then I came across with all these other issues, which I have been going through the last few years anyway, but through this understanding, I could address them and I could then bring them forward. And I just thought, uh, I, want to, I want to make the world be a part of that, mm. of, of what is happening with my brain, what is happening with my mindset and the message which I want to put across. Mm. And that's how I went into social media. So... Um, even even down to the point where I've been accused that because I'm on social media, that is why my marriage is broke down, which is absolute nonsense. Because after well, I separated, I started social, social media. media. And um, but even then, that's kind of a stupid reason to even say in general, how can a relationship not survive without social media? If someone has social media, how does that destroy a relationship? It is it is again a misconception of cultural understanding because it was a Muslim man who said that to me. So. Uh, it's, it's, it's just about because you've been exposed, suddenly you're breaking the cultural code. That is why what the reason is for these things. It's excuse. But anyway, I started in April um, doing my social media and um, I was very unaware of how it works. So I went slowly into that and started creating my clips. And I thought... It's going really well because I received so much feedback from people, how much it has been benefiting them, how much it has been helping them, that I thought I don't want to be end up having a little practice in my um, in my you know in my little town. I want to help the wider audience. I want to help the wider audience. That was my aim because. I didn't want it to just be there and um, stay there and um, look after the one, two people around me or the one, two clients who come along because I thought that is not creating a change. Because I'm so passionate about that, I wanted the world to know what I actually want to bring out, the message which I want to create, create more harmony in this world, create more love and understanding in this world, and to be honest, bring more common sense in as well, which has been lost in a lot of people. Yeah, that's good, man. Um, I think that um, what you're doing is a good thing, and I think you should keep it up and don't give up, because what happens is when you start to get... When people get a lot of hate, they start to... Um, think what they're doing is wrong because there's always going to be the positive people and there's going to be the bad people so if you're exposing certain fallacies people are not going to like you for it and i've come to realize that in this world you've just got to be yourself that's right whether people love you or hate you the only thing you can be is yourself that's right. but you have to also understand 
But you cannot have everyone love you anyway. Yeah. That's why we're so different. But I think there's some people, social media makes it seem as if everybody should like you. That's what social media but makes you con- yeah, That's your perception. I come to a point where I'm very comfortable within myself. Because so you're even mature, you're older, and you've been through life. Absolutely, you've seen, yes, because yes. people people often ask me, "Oh, um, are you doing that for attention? Or you're getting a lot of attention?" People call me, which is absolutely crazy. They call me, "Oh, you're you're the you're the slapchi on TikTok." I don't see myself as anything. I'm just I'm just the messenger, which bringing out things which are going on in my brain and which are my passion out to the world because I want to help people. But um, people have all sorts of misconception about that, which do not actually, don't get me wrong, I appreciate it if it comes from a good reason, but it doesn't mean anything to me. I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm expressing it in the right way. It doesn't actually motivate me or enriches me to, oh, wanting to do more. What motivates me is if I see feedback from people Oh, this has really helped me in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 my motivation. As that well. is that is what you've done, and I really needed that. This is my motivation, and everything else you have to understand. If you were not going the right way, you know, you wouldn't progress the right way in your own way. You would not have the haters. You would not have the criticism. Mm. They come to people who are actually in the light of attraction, suddenly in the limelight and want to create a difference. They do not go to people who are insignificant messages (laughs) and uh, nobody values anything. That is what should actually fuel you, really. You cannot build success without failures and, and differences and critiques. You can only build it on the top of your experiences, your failures, your traumas, your critics, and that's when you measure success. Mm. However you want to call success. Come on, that's, 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 that's the truth. And that is absolutely fine if somebody comes up. I mean, I have a lot of sexually explicit messages as well from people. You know, my DMs are really, really junked up sometimes and I totally ignore them. But... Uh, it's, it's just part of life. We put ourselves out there in the mm. public eye. We, we are going to get all sorts of different people, yeah. all mm. sorts of different messages right. to discourage us. But yeah. it's how I manage it. I always say, if I was the doctor and you come to me, you have a problem, mm. and I panic, I fluster, I have no idea, how safe would you feel with me? Very safe. Very <laughs> safe. So I need to have my emotional... Um, well-being, my emotional control regulated to be able to help you. Facts. You can't do it the other way around. Facts. That's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact. That's actually a fact. So that's how you manage it. It's okay if somebody, um, you know, criticizes you, if somebody comes up with something negative. It's, it's all part of this job. That's what it is. And it's often a reflection of their own insecurities anyway. I think that's what I've taken from it myself. But now I've um, <clears throat> I've learned how to embrace things, you know. Um, it's really important as a human that you learn how to embrace humans in general and understand that there's a balance to everything. You're not going to get 100,000 supporters 
and not have 20,000 haters. It doesn't... The maths has to be right, you know? Yeah. Life is, is a balance of... I mean, you have to understand that. that for me to come out to social media, my family totally went against it. That was something they did not want to hear. They have penalised me from mm. everything which you can think of. But I just have a belief. I have a vision. I have a purpose while I'm doing that, mm. which you were talking about purpose. And I want to bring it to the light. And obviously, yes, I do understand that if I was to class in a certain category, you know, fully hijabi in any way. I'm not saying there's anything wrong, mm. but you only attract a certain part of, of the world mm. or certain certain group of people, certain mm. audience. Mm. You don't attract the world. You mm. just don't. Mm. And I have my own beliefs in what I believe and how I believe it, and that's how I portray it to the world. Mm, mm, mm. And I, I stand by it. That's it, man. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Don't let no one stop you from doing what you've got to do, man, because... It's important. The message you're putting out there is good. That's why I saw you. I saw the messages you're putting out. Like people that have positive messages. Because um, you need people like that in the world. Thank you very much. I mean, it would be lovely if some of your audience also sort of follow my YouTube channel. Spot I haven't been in. putting too much work into tell, tell that. Them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them what it is. Tell them what it is. At the moment, it's called Psych Shafak, P-S-Y-C-H-S-H-A-F-A-Q. So after my name, Psychologist Shafak. And um, I started the season one last year because besides the clip, I think you have to have a balance in who you are as a person as a professional and to show them this academic and knowledgeable side of my profession i decided to bring out a podcast your mm. podcast host so main podcasts and uh, my podcasts are very very organic built um they're about people interesting personalities coming from all sorts of walks of lives globally who have um talked about their life experiences their struggles mm. their um all what we're talking about conditioning about what they're facing how they're progressing in life what success means for them all around their mental health mm -hmm. and that is what i've been talking about and people have been impressed suddenly okay yes she dances in that clip but suddenly she's dead serious she has knowledge so it needed to be a balance in there where people understand that i'm coming from a point of um facts I'm coming from a point of research. I'm coming from a point of knowledge. I'm not just coming to just be an entertainer there and be a clown. Um, but the podcast itself brought me to that. And the good thing about the podcast is mm. I had guests all over the world. I mean, as I said, I need to put a bit more focus on that, just to progress it a bit more. Mm. Season two is coming out now. I've already started recording on season two. Mm. Um, and um, that I created very, very good friendships, you know, professional friendships, mm. but excellent friendships with people who you would have never actually met in your life otherwise. And that's the beauty, man. Or they would have met you, you know, people such as um, someone who is head of aviation in, in Canada, for instance, and has been leading thousands of people, a lot of people know him, mm. and suddenly you are connected and you are connected in a spiritual way, in a, in a, in a, in a lovely, beautiful way, um, which I find personally for myself, it's a blessing, it's another blessing as well. You know, um, if, if I hadn't focused on these things and I hadn't gone through all these traumas and started being solution focused and uh, understanding these things, creating opportunities, I may have never met these kind of personalities. And I don't care what social status they have, because coming from a diplomatic background, I've met 
all sorts of people, yeah. from all sorts of backgrounds, social status. Money doesn't mean anything to me. Mm. Your fame doesn't mean anything to me. Your background doesn't mean anything to me. Mm. All what it means is if I get on with your personality or not. Straight. That's the best way. That's the correct way. So you heard her, check out her YouTube and see what, what's your Instagram and your TikTok. What's it's the Shafak Effect. That's my brand. Yeah. And um, yes, uh, that's my brand. I will change my YouTube channel soon because it's became so popular, my brand, mm. um, over to the Shafak Effect soon as well. But at the moment, it stands on Psych Shafak. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 